0: Trust is gained in small amounts, like in drops. Ooh, and trust good. is lost in a big amount, like a bucket falling over. Hey, this
1: is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. So I have another CST here with me today. Vic Bonacci here. Vic, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. You may know Vic uh, in the shark costume if you saw him (laughs) at the Scrum gathering a long time ago.
0: (laughs) That was so long ago, wasn't it? 2017, I think it was. Pre pandemic, yeah. yeah. Um, That's right. That's right. So,
1: we're going to talk about some specific challenges that Scrum Masters face, um, specifically with leadership interrupting or interfering with the team, and how do you cope with that? Like, what kind of strategies can you employ? Um, But, Vic, before we jump into that, would you mind giving these people
0: your origin story? Hey, every you got bit good. by a spider and <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of had one of those circuitous paths to becoming a scrum master and an agile coach, just like all of us, right? There's no book or, or prescribed path to doing that. Um, had of a background in education and filmmaking. But I got into technology in the late 90s as a project manager throughout the early 2000s. And that kind of catapulted me then into my first job into uh, into scrum specifically. So I've been um, doing scrum for for about 12 years now, and, uh, and I love it, and I've been working with teams, um, many, many teams here in Southern California, and then I started branching out, doing some speaking regionally and, and nationally, um, doing the podcast, Agile Coffee podcast. I'm now doing videos. It's a lot of fun, um, and I became a certified scrum trainer, what, like two years ago now, a little over two yeah. years ago, and it's been great. Cool. Now, are you, do you consider yourself a coach who's a trainer or a trainer who's a coach? Oh, Wow. Um, more of a, I think more of a coach than a trainer, like a a coach who's a trainer probably, but I'm not uh, like, I don't feel like I'm a great coach yet. I mean, I'm always trying to get better. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good, but (laughs) I'm always striving to, uh, to become better. better. Yeah. Um, even when I was training to become a trainer, I was thinking, how can I use this training capability to augment my coaching? Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. So that's so we're like mirror images then of each other. Cause I am, I would say I'm the opposite. I am a trainer who coaches, but not so
0: much. I do some a little bit of coaching now, but mostly training, almost all training. Like you do, um, yeah, you do all the training for leading agile and I do some of it, but none of the certified trainings as of now. Um, but when I am working with clients, I'm primarily there as a coach consultant but I'll I'll do some training, I'll do some workshops. I really like that because I could customize it. I could use my coaching prowess to uh, begin customizing the materials for them.
1: Cool, all right, thanks. So what we're gonna focus on today is something that everybody, Scrum Master, product owners too, but we're gonna look at it more from the Scrum Master angle, has to deal with. And it is when executives, and, and I'm gonna just frame it as people that can fire you without calling HR, (laughs) <laughs> um, when they come and mess with your team, so we're going to talk about a couple different situations. But maybe we'll start out with the easiest one, not the easiest one, but the more common one. Uh, when the executive comes storming into your daily scrum and says, "I'm taking that one right now." Oh wow! Um, how do you, how do you advise people to deal with that situation, or what is maybe what is the issue that the scrum master faces in that situation?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if it happens right in the daily scrum, you got a lot of issues going on. Usually I see it happening kind of surreptitiously on the side sometime outside of a daily scrum. But if it's okay. in a daily scrum, not only do you have the executive to deal with and the person who could be potentially leaving right at this moment to deal right. with, but the rest of the scrum team who's witnessing this and using, if you are kind of a model of behavior, you have to choose how you react to that pretty carefully. Yeah. Um uh, that's a lot to unpack in that one i would say that if there is um if there is a known let's just start off with okay i can understand there's a need for this you know okay. if there's a need for it then i think i would probably accept that this person who's very senior and as you said they could fire me without calling hr yeah. um can, can borrow that person. But I would want to know, and I might not do it during this daily scrum. I would want to know immediately though, what the impact is, how long is this person going to be gone for, um, at a minimum so I can help the rest of the team cover so that he, they can still meet the sprint goal. Right. Okay. Um, if you can pull it off during the daily scrum itself, great. Um, but let's just kind of assume that that person is being yanked. We need them right now. Hey, when are we going to see you back? Oh, they're gone already. (laughs) So then you just kind of work with the team and you say, okay, Kyle is not with us for today. Let's assume that Kyle's going to be gone for the whole day, but I'll treat that as an impediment. I will go and follow up with senior executive right here after this daily standup and maybe we'll get Kyle back later on this afternoon. Okay you know, that type of thing. Okay. Um, So that's kind of like in the moment at the daily Scrum. I probably wouldn't want to upset the daily Scrum because it's there for the team to, again, say, are we still on track to meet the goal? What are we doing today? I don't want it to become a 30-minute meeting. Oh, man, that exec always comes and interrupts us. I don't want to go down that path. Okay.
1: So what about, one of the things that I try to focus on with this is if if part of the Scrum Master's job is to protect the team in that moment, Mm. I see a lot of uh, threat and opportunity there because, yeah. you know, if you do let Kyle get ripped away,
0: you're kind of showing the team you
1: can't protect them.
0: And that's why I said if, if and as you framed it, the exec comes storming in and says, mm-hmm. I need this person now. So if that's the case and they can fire you at will, <laughs> I'm yeah. a little you, bit, you don't want I'm to a little fired. fearful in that. Right. OK. Yeah. Um, so that's why I would follow up immediately afterwards. Um, instead of trying to protect the team however, I hear what you're saying. If I could say, well, wait a minute, put on the brakes here. Why do you need Kyle? Do you really need Kyle now? Can you use Kyle later? Or can you use a substitute? Not Kyle, you know, someone else. Okay. Um, if you could ask those questions during the daily scrum, that's great. Um, again, protecting the team I think is, is imperative. And that's what I'm after. Um, however, yeah, I did kind of phrase it like, yeah, we don't need Kyle. No, (laughs) that's not really the point. I just didn't want a red shirt. Yeah. Cause Um, a big scene right there. Yeah.
1: Go on. Okay. So I, for me, like when I talk with people about this, one of the things I found in my own experience was if I do let Kyle get taken away, then Mm -hmm. earning back the trust of the team is really tough. But I always try to find ways to, to appeal to the, executive's ego like um Mm
0: -hmm. maybe
1: i'll I'll step outside with them or maybe Mm -hmm. i'll in worst case scenario, stop the daily scrum Um, because it is for the team but the team can't have it if kyle's gone right i mean he's part of the team um i'm always i guess you kind of have maybe it's very situational I, i worry more about my relationship with the team than my relationship with the executive in that moment. But it sounds like your, your concern is taking care of the exe- is, is the executive. Not that you're not worried about the team, but the executive clearly feels that there's something compelling.
0: Right? Well, let's say, yeah, let, I guess if I, re- if I rephrased your initial kind of uh, statement and said they don't come storming in, but, you know, they show up and they say, hey, I'd like to use Kyle for the day. Now I'm okay. like, okay, let's have a conversation about it, you okay. know? Um, just the way it was phrased, like, I need him now. Let's go. He's yeah. like, okay, what are you doing? You can't really stop us I guess at some pretty dysfunctional Maybe there is teams. A, a big thing, right? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I'm with you. I think that, as you said, trust is gained in small amounts, like in drops. Ooh, and that's trust good. is lost in a big amount, like a bucket falling over. If you're dropping drops of water into a yeah. bucket, lost over time instant. you're getting trust, but you could lose it in an instant. Yeah. Wow. So I really like the way that you framed it. By protecting the team and keeping the team's trust, and the focus of the meeting is on the team, so you put me in my place. I like. Well, that.
1: no, I don't mean to do that. I, I, to me, it's just it's like more interesting to explore. You just brought something up for me that I hadn't really thought about before. I always worry about, you know, I want it. I want to take care of the executive. I mm-hmm. want to take care of the team, but I also, and I, this isn't something I've really spent a lot of time thinking about. Like I want to protect myself too. Right. I, I want to yeah. feel. Because that is a very difficult moment, especially for a newer Scrum Master. Um, I mean, when we're there as coaches, it's a totally different situation. But somebody who's new into the Scrum Master role, that's a very threatening moment for them.
0: Yeah, and that's why I kind of backed off a bit it takes a lot okay. of courage I mean of the of the scrum values again you know courage yeah. is the one I think it was Ken schwaber they asked him which of the values would you change any of the values this is early on in the scrum days and he said yeah I double the font size of courage I love that you know wow. and I okay. and I think that scrum masters again they need to model that courage and maybe my initial response I wasn't a little courageous there but I was trying to think hey I can go talk to this. Executive one-on-one right after this meeting, yeah, and get, I, you know get to the bottom of it.
1: I think your answer is a good answer. I mean, it's it's a it's a more realistic answer. I, I well, tend to I think the more polarize on it a
0: little. I think the more realistic situation isn't that the 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 executive comes during the daily scrum, but rather they come sometime in the middle of the working day. hours, right? Okay, and that's when I they say, "Hey, Kyle, this is my situation." They say hey, Kyle, they kind of buddy up to Kyle. And Kyle's thinking, oh no, here he comes again. Hey, I need that. that Special project time. That big report, that quarterly report, it's due. And Kyle's thinking, I forgot all about that quarterly report. It's a manual beast of a job. It takes me three days, hunting down all the data. Hey, can I get it on my desk uh, by Friday kind of thing? So if you're a scrum master who's aware, you know, bitten by the bug, the spidey senses are going off. You're like, um, not bugs. Spiders aren't bugs. Um, you're coming over and <laughs> as he's sipping from his Batman mug, um, you're coming over to that executive and Kyle, hopefully in the moment. And you're saying, hey, I overheard something about a report. You know, Let's talk about this. And hopefully you can then steer the executive away from Kyle. Go ahead, Kyle. And you can focus on what you're doing. Let me have a conversation now, one-on-one with this senior yeah. exec. And then you can start prodding like what's the value in this is it does it really need to be there this week you know we're in the middle of a a sprint there's a goal you're taking one of our players off you know we're losing the benefit you can start appealing to their you know the logical side of things there or maybe their emotions there so Um, when sometimes oh go on yeah no you finish i was gonna say sometimes if you prod enough that senior exec might say well i don't really need it you know Friday because I'm going out on a golf trip and I wanted to have time to like check it out before the big off site in three weeks and that type of thing. So yeah. then you start directing that executive over to the product owner and you say, hey, product owner, senior executive here has a, a request that we'd like to make sure gets covered. Uh, what do yeah. you think, senior executive? Is it important enough to interrupt the sprint? And if so, should we pull something out of the sprint? And usually they're like, no, 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 don't pull anything out of the sprint team has to get everything done. So the product owner can help you negotiate that conversation, like the value trade-off there. And then if it is a recurring report, a quarterly report, then the product owner, you as a scrum master want to remind the product owner, hey, let's put a user story in there so that we can discuss it at the next refinement or quarterly planning or whatever it is.
1: Okay. So two things that I was thinking of when you were just going through that is that executive, right? Now, maybe that need is super urgent. Maybe they just wanted to get it off their plate before they went on their golf trip. Um, but it's urgent for them. Yeah. So I, I feel like you do have to have some empathy for them. You have to understand that this is, even if it's not a concern overall, it's a concern for them in that moment. Um, one thing that I have done in the past is like, if it's in the, let's say it's in front of the team, right? Yeah. Say, um, Hey, you know, can you and I meet right after the daily scrum, and I'll take care of it. Like whatever it is, I'll make sure we get it dealt with.
0: Um, That's a good answer. Yeah,
1: letting them know, like this, I see that it's a big deal. I will take ownership of it. But can you give me ten minutes to get the team sorted out? Yeah. Um, and then I think there's also an opportunity to invite them to stay and watch the daily scrum and understand, you know, mm. how it works. It to, to to help them see why them interrupting it could be real or even just interrupting the sprint can be really detrimental. I also like that you really, you brought up choice. Like you could say to them, Hey, if this is such a big deal, we can do it. But it means these other things that we committed to, to your whole executive team, they're not going to be delivered. Is, is is it that big a
0: deal? Right. And You're not getting something decide. for nothing in other words. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think that they also, I don't know. I, I wonder if this has changed, but in the past, my experience was that a lot of executives come to Agile thinking it means that they can just do exactly this. Come up and ask for stuff anytime they want and their need will be
0: immediately met. Yeah. Just in time. Just right. in time delivery. Yeah. Just in time asking for something to be done. Yeah.
1: It's their last possible responsible <coughs> moment. So it must be <laughs> everyone else's. Yeah. Um, but how do you balance the need to like to, to meet their their ask? And the need to help them understand that this is a, a framework that has a structure. Like that, I mean, how would you how would you coach the executive then? Would you try to coach them through it or would you just try to yeah, get it? Absolutely. Out
0: of the room? No, no, no. I think um, and again, if this is not in front of the rest of the team, but if it's one on one, you can have yeah. a better, more nuanced discussion, right? You can say, you know, the team by using Scrum You know, during the sprint, they have the ability to focus on what they're committing to. So there's two values right there that hopefully appeal to your executive Um, committing to the goal. And by pulling Kyle or anyone off of our team, sorry to pick on Kyle's out there, but uh, um, by pulling that person off of our team, in effect, you're taking our our basketball team and you're taking one of the five players off the off the court for like half the game. So how do you expect the team to get something done is where I'm going there. So, so you want to focus the conversation on a couple things. First of all is, is the ability to um, help the team meet the goal and kind of the larger ability of the team to become more self-managing. So we want our teams to manage themselves. And here we are telling them, Hey, you can't have this person today. You know, well, what's that do to the team? You're telling us that we can be self-managing, but now you're coming in and (laughs) <laughs> preventing us yeah. from doing that. Yeah. Right. So I think those are kind of two starting points I would do in have in talking to the executive from the team's point of view. Okay. Is the ability to focus, meet commitment, and then ultimately become self-managing. Yeah. Um, for the executive though, I think if you make it clear that they could go instead of going straight to the person on the team that they think is best suited, right? Go to the product owner and discuss the value of this. Th- request. This thing they want, yeah. Yeah. This, uh, the need, uh, the urgency of it. Um, and then the product owner might begin asking questions like, oh, well, how complex is it? Oh, it's easy. Kyle takes care of it in a day or two. Really? Let's ask Kyle. Kyle's like, oh, it's a manual beast of a project. It takes me three days, you know? Right. Oh, if that's the case, maybe Kyle isn't best suited. Maybe our, you know, maybe we've got some interns not to put interns down, but maybe we've got other people." <laughs> You know, Kyle's a, an ace programmer and you're asking him to do like- You're just trying to make kind of Kyle feel better. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that having the product owner in that conversation will also help to appeal to the executive's kind of business values Yeah. sense. Yeah.
1: I think, so there, there's so many different sides of this because I think also for Kyle, he probably feels really special when he's singled out. and <laughs> And I, which is good, but I also want Kyle to under, to remember- that he's part of a team that might not be able to deliver right. without him. He's right. got, you know, a responsibility to them. Um, I, I So I, something just happened when we were talking through this and, and for the folks that are watching, we didn't really like figure out what we were each going to say when we started <laughs> this. But I think that there, when it comes to the idea of courage, when you're in that conversation with a team member or an executive or really anybody, it's an opportunity to, to explore what that other person's thinking to understand where they're coming from. Um, Vic and I came at this topic from very different angles, right? But in that dance of conversation, you can find common ground. It's just in that moment, like if I'm a first year scrum master, some executive who can fire me comes in, it's hard to remember to think like you're just trying to breathe, (laughs) freak out and, and don't know what to do. Um, But on the courage side, if you can remember to take a breath and, you know, in a hopefully politically sensitive way, start to explore, like you said, what does this person need? Why do they need it? How important is this thing? Is it more important than the other stuff? Do we need the product owner in here? There's a lot of information you can get as a scrum master um, through, through the words, through the body language, through like every aspect of this engagement that can teach you a lot about the person and the organization and help you be better prepared to deal with them next time around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so we've talked about, we were going to talk about it from three different perspectives. So one was when they come and interrupt the daily scrum um, special projects, which were kind of in the, you know, in that one too. Do, do you ever, well, let me, one thing I've done is said to the team members, if, if that happens, Kyle, you bring him to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Kyle might not be used to working like mature enough in terms of um, agile maturity, in terms of having the courage to Mm -hmm. um, come and and direct the senior executive to the scrum master or or just might not be aware of it, you know, might not think of that for they might be used to saying yes, you know. And maybe as an afterthought, after they're done with the report, then they'll come to you and say, Oh, by the way, <laughs> yeah. I didn't deliver what I needed to because I was working on this. So yeah, you you definitely want Kyle to um to reach out to you to get you involved as soon as possible. Yeah. Hopefully in the moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I guess you're probably not gonna have the executive come storming in if you're still working from home because it could that can like storm into your Zoom call, zoom bomb you, but but right. there's going to be other ways that they signal I have an emergency need or an urgent need. Um, yeah. So I've been watching the show, the rehearsal a lot on HBO. At, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, one thing that I would encourage teams to do, if, like if this is happening, maybe practice it with your team. Like somebody yeah. plays the part of Kyle, somebody plays the part of the executive, I love and that. you can yeah. practice different strategies. I think for the scrum master and for the team members just Mm -hmm. exploring different ways of
0: responding almost like an improv exercise yeah you're practicing like aikido in a sense yeah exactly yeah like improv exercise etc no i was thinking at a minimum you want to get that in your team's working agreements Mm -hmm. so that kyle knows we've got a protocol we as a team have decided you know if we get interrupted by these last minute urgent requests from senior people what's it say call the scrum master or something like that yeah But I love the idea of rehearsing it, of improving it out. That's that's terrific. And I like. Have the, you tried that? Yeah, I've done that. I've I've done it. I've done it a ton in class, and it's taught me a lot about
1: different things to do and not <laughs> not do. One of the funniest things that happened was I had a. I did an exercise where, in my daily scrum exercise, there's always an executive, and the person playing the executive was this. Um, it was a woman, and she was kind of small, not not an incredibly physically yep. large presence not a tall person or big but the guy playing the scrum master looked like he spent 90% of his waking hours lifting weights and when she came in he walked right up to her and like was towering over her like you are not taking this guy out of my meeting and wow. she was fi- like visibly scared um yeah. this guy had no awareness of his physical presence yeah. So that's another thing, another aspect of this job that I think is really important is when you are in a space with people again. If you're not there yet, um, gaining awareness of your body language, your physical presence, your vocal response, like, and that is something that that through rehearsal, like, you learn to mm. be more aware of. Cause I remember when this stuff happened to me in the very beginning, I was just so freaked out. I was just like, I just uh, take him, take him, just go away. Um, and then my team would be like, well, I thought you were going to protect us. And i would be like, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Courage is, uh, is a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but practicing this will definitely help. Um, And even if it seems weird, it's something that I think it's like a fire drill. You know, you want to know what to do when it happens and it will happen. And if it's happening, it's going to keep happening until you figure it out.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. If you let it go without talking to that executive, they'll feel like that's their prerogative. They can continue doing that. Yeah. So what
1: about if you're the scrum master and the the stakeholder comes to you and says, I need this thing added to the sprint right now, it's totally bypassed the PO, or maybe you don't even have a PO. Um, and you feel very confident that this thing that is urgent for this executive is going to violate your sprinkle, cause your team to not deliver, but you don't feel like you have the remit to say, "No, we're not doing that." Like, how do you
0: engineer that conversation? Okay, so if you do have a PO, bring the PO into the conversation right, right. now. Yep. Right. If if you don't have a PO or your product owner is unavailable, offsite, whatever. Um, then you're going to have to say, I would typically say, is it, if I can't gauge the importance of it, I would then ask the executive, okay, what can I pull out of the team sprint? Cause again, you're not going to get something for nothing. Right. Just that question usually puts them like, makes them take a step back and be like, what? The team cannot not do something that they said they're going to do. And i right then spin it back to them and say, well, their plate is full. You know, they're not going to get everything done if they get this other request, um, if they have to work on this other request. Yeah. So again, I'm not committing to it. I'm just trying to put it into perspective to that the person who's asking, right? Okay. Um, letting them know that they're not going to get something for nothing, basically. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if, if I could see that, yeah, it sounds like it is going to be an urgent thing or a, a necessary thing that has to get done, um, and we still have plenty of sprint left, I would bring the team together before I say yes. You know, I would bring at least someone from the team, if not the full team, right. and uh, and have a conversation there and see if they can agree that there's something that we could either pull out of the sprint or if we found that we're ahead of schedule and we can absorb that into the sprint. Okay. I wouldn't make the decision on behalf of the team though. Again, going back to trust, now you're usurping the uh, the yeah. trust- in, in you as a scrum and, master protecting and
1: the team to take it a step further when you do have to go to the team and say like hey this thing is really urgent we need to bring something in and take something out yeah. the trust is also being fractured there because the organization made the silent promise to the team when they committed to the sprint we won't ask you to do other stuff
0: right and, and that's this, why asking the executive up front hey we're going to take something out what can we take out yeah makes them aware of that situation yeah. so and then again, before going to the team, the second question I might ask is like, is it really urgent? You know, I might not phrase it that way to the executive, but I could say, hey, we've got four days left in our sprint. Can it wait until next week when we talk about it as a team and- Or, or just simply asking,
1: is it more urgent than what we're doing in the sprint? Sure. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think another tip, so Mike Kottmeyer talks a lot about the language of loss and the language of gain. We did a podcast about that a long time ago. Framing it so that the executive sees, like, like you said, you're not going to get something for nothing, but you know, we, we have options, we have choices we can make, and yeah. there's mechanisms to handle this. Here are your choices. We can add this, take this away. Here's the impact of that, which it, they might. I think that they might not really catch that right away. So one thing that would help, I think, is if this is happening to you, keeping metrics of. From, you know, whatever your team originally committed to in a sprint, how much of that were they able to deliver by the end? And how much churn did you have during the sprint? Because then when you walk into the review, if you have to be like, hey, we didn't meet the goal. um, Why didn't you meet the goal? Well, we were asked to change these things out. And that's happened the last five sprints. So now when the team commits to stuff, they don't ever expect to be able to finish it. So our velocity is going down because they don't trust the company anymore.
0: Yeah. And morale and everything else, quality, perhaps, whatever it is. Yeah.
1: And that can I, be I'd a like, way to teach mm-hmm. the
0: stakeholders the impacts of their behavior that they don't always see. I love that discussion about the options. We have these me- mechanisms built in to accommodate this request with these options. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that sound notes of uh, Mike. You yeah. said that's the language of loss, language yeah, I'll, of gain. I'll huh? put,
1: I'll put. I'll find the link to it. It was yeah, a really interesting
0: good. conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, what about, so, so one last topic here. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with stakeholders, Um, that have that level of power where they can just HR will fill out the forms later. Um, If you're somebody who is new to scrum master and you don't feel like you have influence with that person, you haven't built the trust, you don't have the relationship, but you know that your team is depending on you to gain influence with that person. Right. Do you have coaching tips for, for people that are in that spot where they're trying to, And it doesn't have to be executive. So I did a a call with a scrum master a few weeks ago who is younger and she has a much older, there's older tech people on the team and they treat her like a scheduler. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the question is like, how does she get them to see the value of what she does? Because she's not a scheduler. She's a scrum master. How do you, how do you get leadership to find the space for you to do what you need to do and to trust you enough to do it.
0: So talking to the, um, the requester here, not talking to the team, right? Yeah. I think, um, going up to that person again, one-on-one is usually best. Uh, Mm -hmm. so you can have kind of these candid conversations, introduce yourself type of thing. I think that the first questions or comments I would like to say are around the lines of like, Hey, Why did you need this person? What's the nature? Can I get a little bit more detail on what the request is? You know, I didn't understand that. And then by asking these questions from a kind of a non-biased, non-threatening type of a way, Mm -hmm. um, you can start to establish a rapport with that person. And then, you know, and then kind of tell them what your role is and how you're there to protect the team and how, you know, you're new at your job. So you might need a little help, you know, kind of playing that card a bit. Um, and, and say, as I understand it, like the benefits of scrum agile, me as a scrum master are this, you know, is that what you understand also? So get a little validation on, on your assumptions yeah. is probably a good next step. And I think by following up on all that, you kind of leave a good impression with that executive. Um, you probably, before you end the conversation, do want to indicate that you, you don't want this to become a recurring event that they're always interrupting. So you can say, you know, we do have these protocols in place, these mechanisms in scrum so that you can come to us, the product owner in advance. You know, I know it's hard for you to plan these things out because urgent things happen urgently, you know, (laughs) unpredictably, but as much as you can, it would help the team because, you know, these are the benefits that we get by seeing things in advance, breaking it down, talking about it as a team, that type of thing. Yeah. so yeah, don't just storm up to the executive and start, you know, telling them. But rather try to use a little bit of empathy, listen to their situation, listen to their need, let them know where you're at, and uh, and see if they could be an ally in some way.
1: Yeah, one thing mm-hmm.
0: I want to add to that, I have
1: in situations where I felt I could tell that was going to be a thing that happened because of the culture or whatever where they are in their transformation, gone around to met with the executives before it happens and just said, look, here's some, I just want to have these conversations now. I don't want it to be like a weird thing, but if you come into my daily scrum and try to take Kyle, my larger concern is that I have to show these people I can protect them. And I want to be respectful yeah. of you, but here's right. how I'm going to react and why. And right. um, that way, at least when they do it, you can say, remember when we talked about this, was going to happen? Right. Um. Um, it's not, it kind of puts you like maturity-wise. It shows that you had the foresight to see that it was coming, and if you I can have that, that yeah. conversation early on, it it might help build the rapport even with that stakeholder.
0: So you're saying then, if you're a, a newer Scrum Master, one of your first goals is to go around and introduce yourself to some of these key players, these executives, absolutely, and uh, and here's and my job have that type of conversation. Yeah, I love or, that. Or yeah. here's
1: how I see my job, um, right. and maybe even try to get an understanding of where they think that might create friction for them. Right. Um, because that will build that conversation and and ultimately you need to have a good relationship with these stakeholders. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. You're there to help solve organizational impediments, to help teach the organization. It's not just the team that you're working with. So yeah, you can think of this as service to the organization in that way. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a really smart thing to do for your own career potential within the organization. You know? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, this longevity. was awesome. Um, yeah, I like this. This is great. This so is great. if people have
1: follow-up questions for you or or if you have additional, if you're listening to this or watching this and you have additional questions about situations you're running into, Vic, what's the best way for them to reach you?
0: Telepathically. I'm on the frequency ohm 32 magenta. <laughs> uh, AgileCoffee.com is my website. Agile Co- at AgileCoffee is my Twitter handle. But uh, I think if you reach out through one of those places, eventually it'll come to me. Okay. Or the Leading Agile website as well. Absolutely. Leading Agile. Yes, I have a Leading Agile Tim's gonna email. Tim's going to be pissed. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> we'll put his Leading Agile email in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Victor Bonacci at Leading Agile. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Cool. Thanks, man. Um, and I appreciate you watching this. So if you if you are watching or listening and you have situational questions, we would love to be able to provide some kind of support
0: for those. So please don't I'm hesitate I'm going to walk out of out. here. Yeah, I'm definitely going to walk out of here with that um, improvisational idea that you had, the uh, the rehearsing things. That sounds like a great, it's a team building activity too, right? Yeah. You know, if, if you're doing that with your team. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Dave. Well, no, thanks. You gave me a lot of good ideas too. And thanks for watching and thanks for listening.